Hello and welcome to Case Reopen, your number one Detective Conan rewatch podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Trees, and joining me as always is the ever-dependable Colleen. How's it going, Colleen? It's going great. How are you doing, Tyler? I'm doing great. You know, what I really love about you, Colleen, is that you show up every week. You never take a, like, 12-week hiatus like somebody right. else. You can always count on me. Yeah, we won't We won't name the person that abandoned us and our loyal listeners. We're just going to keep talking behind his back or in front of his back. Yeah, I, I guess this is my way of saying Kyle Bradford's back. Yay! Kyle, I'm here! <laughs> I didn't know if I should laugh or if I should try to keep up the bit. <laughs> so good to have you back. Thanks, guys. Yay, I'm here. Yeah, we, we tried to kill you off, but unfortunately... Uh, get me. The fans were just too rabid. They said, <laughs> we need the Asian sensation. And uh, you're back. The Asian they were sensation. rioting. That's what, you, that's what the, your that's fans what, call that's you. That's what I'm known for. The Kyle Maniacs. <laughs> your absence Kyle caused yep. riots in fandom. the streets. Wow. Big day. Big day for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kyle, you missed a lot of Conan. So much. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure you stayed totally up to date with the podcast, right? Oh, never. <laughs> never in a million years. <laughs> He's like, who the hell's Colleen? <laughs> oh, God. I did miss a lot, though. How many episodes was I, like, how many episodes did you guys watch in my absence? Is what I'm trying well, to say. Well, we've watched 17 episodes. And a movie. And a movie. Yep. You missed. We do appreciate the hard work that uh, you were doing while you were away. And as the self-appointed treasurer of <laughs> the podcast, I can announce that Kyle brought in $2.50 back to the podcast. So thank you. Thank you. Oh, I don't know what we're talking about here. We were, but saying, okay. that you, yeah, why do we were saying that you were away funding the podcast. You were working hard to fund the podcast. Oh, uh, yeah, that is. Yeah, that's what I did. I don't uh, know. I, I feel was... like our web hosting <laughs> comes out of my bank account every month. Yeah, it's probably true. I feel like I'm not seeing this money <laughs> that Kyle's Listen, supposed I was to be out there. Raising. I was doing my work. If you don't see it show up, that's not my fault. I'm just. <laughs> I was out there. So you've picked quite the time to return, Kyle, as we have not a one-parter, not even a two-parter, but a three-parter. It's the trilogy. Yeah, boy. It's the Holy Ghost, the Father, and the Son. It's the Night Baron murder case. Amen. Part one is the case, part two is the suspicion, and part three is the resolution. So, Can we rank which episodes were the best out of these three when we're done? Sure. Yeah, yeah. why not? <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is a, a big case. This is the first time we've seen a three-parter. We've had some one-hour specials. We've had some two-parters, which are essentially just one-hour specials. But we've never seen a case span this many episodes. So this is a something we need to get used to because there are a lot of more like multi-part cases like this. There are some two-hour specials. I think there might even be a three-hour special. Let me see. Why is that not just a movie? Good question. You know, you would think that. Okay, so there's... Endgame is three hours long. There's no three-hour specials, but there are... Like two, two and, and a half, half hour yeah. specials. Yeah. It's probably because there are no action okay. sequences, like Conan riding his skateboard for ten minutes. That's what. That's the good stuff. That's what from makes a movie. movie. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so we're gonna see some big things here, um, and 
we're still a good bit away until we get like a crazy long case. Um, I think the next, the one I'm thinking of is when, uh, what is it called? It's like the Desperate Revival. Yeah, that's, uh, let me see, one, two, Despacito. three, four, five, that's like six parts, so that'll be a long arc. We won't be doing that all in one episode, though, just to... Okay. Because <laughs> I'm not doing that many notes. <laughs> <laughs> How disappointing. <laughs> That'll probably take three weeks of podcasting, but that sounds good. That sounds a lot better than one episode of it. But, um, yeah, this is a big case here, and... uh. The episode even begins with Conan telling us how big it is. He says, today's case takes place at a resort hotel. It's an extra big three-parter. And I love the beginning here because, like, it's such a spoiled asshole Conan is because he he starts complaining that he's at this beautiful private resort. He's like, oh, why am I at the hottest place at the hottest time of the year? Colleen, you're in cold Canada right now. (laughs) Wouldn't you rather be at a beautiful beachside resort, even if it was hot? Probably. Like, we were making jokes today because it was relatively sunny, and people were like, oh, it's summer again! I'm like, come on. We're, we're nearing winter. Let's not let's not get too excited. <laughs> what was the temperature? Uh, it, uh, oh, dear. We have Celsius, so this might not work out. Um, It was like, I don't know, five degrees. <laughs> <laughs> So, it'd be like 40 <laughs> degrees for us, Kyle. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just I above just freezing. remember, for some reason, yeah. like 80. Is 80 degrees for you guys, like, really hot? Yeah, it's pretty okay. hot. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 80 Fahrenheit's okay. hot. That's that's sort of my threshold. I'm like, okay, if it's 80 degrees, then <laughs> I know it's hot. It's, like, probably 30 <laughs> for us. When I went to Disney World, all I did was complain and bitch because it was really hot. My parents were super, super upset with me. When was this? Um, I don't know. I was like in my, I'm mean, maybe ten years old, so it was a while ago. Jeez, they took you to the most wonderful place, and all you could do is complain. Yeah, it was a lot of money, and all I wanted to do was go back to the hotel. So, do you have any Damn. good memories from that trip? <laughs> yeah, we went to Epcot and we went to the World's Fair area, and I was like super psyched when we got to the Japan part because I was like, "Oh, Final Fantasy toys! <laughs> oh yeah, cool!" I'm the worst. What a weeb. Yeah, I suck. But Conan starts enjoying his trip a little bit more once he sees Ron in a swimsuit for the first time. He's like, oh, maybe this is okay. And the way she came out of the water was glorious. What a guy. She was like a mermaid. It's beautiful. Like in a Bond movie. Oh, yes. Like Halle Berry in that James Bond movie. Oh my gosh, what would be Ron's Bond girl name, though? I don't even want to think of that. Okay. Oh, God. Something with kicking, maybe. Ron kicks a lot. I feel like all the Bond girl names are like way too gratuitous, too. Like Pussy Galore. Yeah. <laughs> is that is that an actual Bond girl name? It is, Pussy yeah. Galore? It's okay. the worst. See, I feel like any like over the top joke wasn't I was gonna make there wasn't gonna be over the top enough. Now that uh, <laughs> I know that Pussy Galore is a name. She has like a whole movie named after, her, right? Octopussy. Oh, so that's where that comes from. I thought I was yeah, like, I don't know why. Yeah, don't does know she why. have eight? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I mean, I've it makes sense. That is a lot of pussy. Like, it, I would be like, wow, that's pussy galore. You know? If I, yeah. What else would you call her? Yeah, some. <laughs> a woman takes off her pants, and there's eight of them. You're like, wow, 
Plus a good lawyer. Is this a disability, do you think? <laughs> or is it a superpower? <laughs> I don't think uh I don't think I'm one I can speak for a woman's body. Colleen, you can take that question. <laughs> <laughs> Would that be a superpower? Definitely. You heard it here first. <laughs> so we learned that uh, they're at the resort uh, due to the professor inviting them on a three-day trip. And it's uh, supposedly all th- free. However, once Kogo tries to check in, he learns that only half of the hotel fee was paid. Conan then recalls that the professor said that he found out about the tour via an online forum and that it's called the Izu Mystery Tour. However, Agasa was unable to go due to his friend's uh, granddaughter being sick. So he invited Conan, Kogoro, and Ron to take their place. In total, there are six teams with ten people competing in the mystery tour. Half of the hotel fees are covered, but whoever finds the anonymous tour organizer, who's one of the ten people, will get their hotel room for free. The winner also receives some floppy disks containing a top-secret program. And in addition... The person will disguise themselves as a certain character and stir up some trouble from a novel that Shinichi is very familiar with, Night Baron, which is a, a character that his dad created. You remember his dad, Kyle? I remember. He was cool. Yeah. Booker he Kudo. Was a little freaky. Was he dressed up like Night Baron during that case? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was super confused because I thought this was the Night Baron reveal and it wasn't at all. Is the Night Baron, like, a guy in this show, or is it, like, multiple people don the Night Baron? I think this is the last time we ever see the Night Baron. Oh, damn. Okay. <laughs> to my knowledge. Unless, uh, well, I think Conan mentions that, that he hasn't been revealed in the books, like, in his dad's books yet. Yeah. But the Night Baron's pretty dope. It's like Phantom of the Opera had a baby with Arsene Lupin. It's, like, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> He just reminds me of that bad guy from Super Mario Bros. Bowser? <laughs> no. What? They're the, the, like a, the, the half mask face that chases you. I think it's in three. Oh, okay. I was... <laughs> <laughs> you understand why I was confused. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I'm sorry. I should have been more clear. I wish. You know, it that bad guy from Super Mario. A Goomba? Yeah, that the lesser dinosaur. known one. No, Dry Bones. <laughs> Blooper. We then meet the first of these people as a man with a computer asks Kogoro if he's the Night Baron and then remarks that it took Kogoro 3.04 seconds to respond. He introduces himself as Kano Shiro from Room 2002. Another man named Abera uh, introduces himself from Room 2101 and he says that his method is stupid, which <laughs> I have to agree with. <laughs> What a dork this guy is, Kyle, just constantly logging everybody's reaction time. Uh, you said that in 2.6 uh, seconds, so I'm going to log <laughs> that into my notebook right here. Next to be introduced is an elderly computer company owner named Kanashiro, who says that the tendency to reveal oneself when taken off guard is a human flaw. What a deep guy. Damn, that's real. We then meet his assistant, a large woman named Hayashi uh, Shizu. Uh, we learned that he's staying at room 2001 and that he took 6.29 <laughs> seconds to answer. <laughs> Kanashiro says this was due to him being blind, that he didn't know he was being asked a question. We then meet a rather voluptuous woman named uh, Kamaju Hideko, who accuses Kano of being the Night Baron. He quickly responds in under a second, and Kegoro asks everyone who the Night Baron is. 
Ron then explains that it's a character in the novels done by Shinichi's dad, Yusaku Kudo. When I originally was thinking about his dad, all I could think of was his dub name, which is Booker Kudo. <laughs> so, a little, little Good name. dub fun fact there. And then she explains that the Night Baron is uh, sometimes a thief that lurks in the dark, and at others, a cold-hearted killer. Kind of like Kyle. We never know when he'll appear and how he'll act on the podcast. I'm mysterious, buddy. Are you wearing a mask, too? If you could see me now. Underwear and a mask. You look like that bad guy from Super Mario Bros. (laughs) That's me. Blooper. (laughs) Just like Kyle, his true identity hasn't been revealed yet in the books. We have books? That's right. No one knows who I am. I have a deep case reopened fan fiction going on. Ooh. Yeah, it's just How have I not read this when, uh, yet? The mics are off. Well, it's my private fan fiction. Oh, I see. Okay, It's not on the uh, open Google Docs. Yeah, you, you're not allowed to read what goes on. <laughs> Maybe that'll be on the Patreon if you ever set one up. Yeah, that's a good tier. <laughs> oh my god. Like, uh, I've been watching a lot of Bob's Burgers, and Tina has, like, erotic friend fiction, which is real. That'd be something to do. Some good shit. Yeah. Don't pretend Kyle like you're not and doing Justin it. Justin smooching. Yeah. $10 and up, baby. <laughs> yeah. That's a <our> $10 tier. <laughs> and your ship name is Kyler. Oh, God. It's Kyler. Can we not? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> what? Can I not get shipped with anybody but Kyle? <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Kyler is born. Beautiful. I hate it. That's not going in the show description. <laughs> It's already out there. People will hear. Kogoro says that he doesn't understand and goes back to his room. Conan then notes that there's only eight people we've met so far. And then a drunk Ibarra tries to grip Ron. Conan tries to use his sneakers, but then he realizes that he's wearing flip-flops. Awkward. Freaking dummy. But then another man named uh, Maida Satoru pulls Ibarra away from her. Ron then recognizes him and says that he was the national karate champion six years ago. Abara then realizes that they're both martial artists and backs off. We then meet uh, Maida's fiance, Sayama Akiko, who is very jealous that uh, Ron's like interested in her boyfriend, even if uh, she's not interested in that way. But she's a fan of him. Uh, Ron then explains that her father is a detective named Mori Kagero. Everybody's stunned. And uh, Ronson goes, it seems like Dad is somewhat famous. Uh, this makes Conan agitated as he goes, geez, and to think it's all because of me. That is the best okay. reaction ever. I do like how we continue to see Kogra be a big deal. That's, that's something that's been really fun to chart through these first, you know, like 70 episodes. Just seeing how, like, he had no clout at the beginning of the show, but we're seeing it no clout. raise up here. Conan's jealous of the clout. For real. Tyler, wouldn't you want to get that reaction when you walk into a room? What? Tyler Treese, the host of Case Reopened? Uh, You're assuming that I don't already get that reaction when I walk into the room? Yo. Yo. Uh, Of course, it's only me in the room, so it's just me going that. I'm like, wow, that's Tyler Treese. And I'm like, yeah, it is. (laughs) But it, it happens nonetheless. Good to know. Conan then feels that somebody's watching him. Ron tells them to go back to their room. 1902. 
Kogoro then learns about the stipulation and says that there is no mystery that Kogoro can't solve. He then leaves the room inspired to get it for free. Conan is concerned about the floppy disk program, and that's when a man dressed up as the Night Baron sneaks up on him and pushes him off the hotel balcony into the swimming pool beneath them. Like, wow, what a, what a shock this was, Colleen. Were you expecting poor Conan to get attacked so early on? No, I don't think it happens that often. Because, like, who would attack a small child like that? Uh, probably a woman. If I've learned anything from Detective Conan, it's that all women are evil. <laughs> Deadly That's the criminals. moral of uh, Detective Conan. That's what the ending will be. The, uh, the black organization, the boss is actually a woman. Oh, you know, you know what they say. A little bit of mystery is what makes a woman, woman. Oh, nice foreshadowing. What? <laughs> or, or let's throw it back. Carl <laughs> has no clue what the hell. <laughs> Although last episode we were talking about how women are in the shadows of all crimes, so there's some legitimacy in what you're saying. Yeah, you know, you also just have to grab their butts to learn something about them. <laughs> I'm so lost right now. Besides the butt part, I know this. I, know. <laughs> I like how the only thing Kyle knows about the past fifteen episodes is that we've learned <laughs> how to like learn about each woman's personality by just grabbing their butt. Gotta grab that butt. Well, I think it's valuable information to retain. See, Colleen's a fan of this. <laughs> yeah, she knows. <laughs> this is an expert perspective. Conan winds up being okay, and he runs back upstairs, but the culprit is nowhere to be found. Conan then spots the nearby bathroom and guesses that the culprit changed there and then escaped via the stairs. Conan then goes, do people normally push each other off balconies in such a simple game? Uh, no, dude. Clearly something is up. Now he should be cautious. He then calls Agasa, who tells him about the program. He says it was only listed as a top secret program and that his colleagues said it was something about a virus. Ram then finds Conan and asks him why he's soaked. And he says that he slipped into the pool. She tells him to go change and get ready for dinner. They arrive and Kegura is already seated with uh, Maeda and his bride-to-be. Maeda then reveals that he was being questioned by Kegura. And Ron compliments Akika's dress. But warns her to be careful as there's a pervert staying here. Yeah, her dad's there. Yeah. <laughs> and no joke, the other guy is just like a worse version of Kogoro. I don't know, he's pretty cool. <laughs> They're all predators. Even Conan? Especially Conan. He's gaslighting Ron. <laughs> I mean, we saw how he reacted to her in the swimsuit earlier. Yeah, he's there for it. He's seen her naked. Well, haven't we all? No, we haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what fan fiction you're writing, Tyler. But <laughs> we then learned that Akiko applied for the tour. She's a big fan of Yusaku Kudo's work. If it has anything to do with Night Baron, I won't lose to anyone, she boasts. She then says that she even changed her hairstyle to match his short bob. Man, if I was dating a girl that was like this obsessive over a, a book character that she was like modeling her hair off her, um, I'd probably, well, I was going to like say I'd dump her, but I'm desperate enough to where I wouldn't. So, uh, yeah, yeah, you wouldn't be doing that. It depends on the book character, wouldn't it, though? Not in my case. No. No. <laughs> she could be like obsessed with Shrek, and I'd be like, "Well, at least, at least it's somebody. <laughs> at least she hugs me." Yeah, with her big green hands. 
This is beautiful. Uh, so the voluptuous woman then walks by in a very revealing dress. And she says that Akiko is not the only person that knows everything about the Night Baron. And uh, Kogoro and Maeda are both just jaw-dropped, staring at her. Her outfit was stupid, though. Was it stupid? Okay, she has like this gorgeous revealing dress and a headband on and sunglasses. I was like, I'm not quite sure what's going on. It's like you took three pieces of random items from your suitcase and thought that it would look good. (laughs) That's how hot people dress. Yeah. If I can offer something from the male perspective here, you know, because I feel like men are never hurt on this. (laughs) As long as you have a as long as you have a revealing dress, the rest of it doesn't matter. So the fact that she's hiding her forehead adds to the mystery, right? I mean, I want her exposing everything, but uh, the uh, forehead's a low priority. Maybe she's got, like, the ogre antenna things. Oh, maybe. See, I just thought that Ooh, she was, yeah. like, a ninja from the Hidden Leaf. That was my impression of that. Oh. She's actually Sasuke. Everyone's Sasuke. Everyone should be Sasuke. Everyone is Sasuke. <laughs> I wonder. We get a funny little scene where Ron and Akiko pull back their men uh because they're just staring at her i thought that was a really funny scene uh ron says that's why mom ran away and akiko says how long are you going to ogle a little fun scene there uh Kenan remarks that it's definitely an outrageous outfit and watches in surprise as Ibera ignores her and harasses this waitress instead and he goes wow that lecherous man didn't even turn an eye maybe she isn't his type we then see the elderly blind man by himself, and Conan goes over to talk to him. He asks if he wants the computer virus. The old man laughs and asks where he heard such a thing. Conan said that he keeps overhearing something about a virus, but he doesn't understand as it was only listed as a top-secret program. The old man then says that it was the name that tipped everybody off, as there was once a phantom virus that infected many large companies and destroyed their data. It was a perfect program that was called the Night Baron. Anyone involved with computers knows this name, he says. Uh, He then reveals that the name reminds him of his son, who died four years prior. His assistant then arrives, and Conan says goodbye. Kanashira then tells his assistant to be careful, as the little boy is suspicious. I gotta say, in retrospect, him talking about his dead son here is (laughs) so funny. Also, this sequence kind of feels useless. Like, why was he all of a sudden being like, this little boy's suspicious? Because I don't feel like that comes back after. Well, I think we're just we're just seeing that he knows something's up with Conan, where he's investigating rather than... But yeah, there isn't really a payoff or anything. I get, I get what you're saying here. Conan then spots Kono, who's on the phone and overhears him talking about Abera. The hacker was him, he says. Conan then gets caught listening, but he plays it off as being an over-rambunctious child. Conan touches his computer, and Kano just punches him away from it, saying, Don't touch my Satome. <laughs> That's ridiculous. This dude's weird. Yeah, he says that it's his mother's name and that she died a year ago. Conan just has the most creeped out look on his face, and he's like, This guy named his computer after his dead mom? What the Yeah, heck? dude. What are you doing? Well, can you think of anything a better tribute to your dead mother, Kyle, than naming your computer? I after? think if Conan has taught us anything, our computers are our friends, and uh, they have their own identities. You know. So she lives on. Yeah, in I forget the what he called his computer friend. 
in the computer. <laughs> Where's John at? I miss John. Yeah, shout out to John. Shout out to John. Classic John. The best dog. I was on the Conan wiki page of characters that know Conan's true identity. <laughs> John. And John, the dog, <laughs> was listed as a non-canon person that knows Conan's real identity. Real recognizes real, man. Yeah. Ron can't figure it out, but John knows. <laughs> they only have like 18 characters listed. Yeah, John knew. <laughs> Colleen. John's smarter than nearly everybody That's we right. meet. How does he know? Because he used to like hang Shinichi. out with Conan. He oh, that's smells right. Smells like yeah. Shinichi. John knew little boy Conan. <laughs> yeah, he knows that smell. <laughs> so obviously, Ron does not know how Shinichi smells. Yeah, this is why I sniff every person I meet. <laughs> it's the only way to know them closely. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people say, "What are you doing, Tyler? Why are you such a weird pervert?" But I'm just sniffing, so I have that. In and my if they're memory. women, you touch their butts as well. Just in case. <laughs> well, I like. I'm a man of That's research. Such a strange and science, visual. So yes, just like grabbing a button and snipping. Oh God. Hey, do not judge my ways. If anyone on this podcast ever went to prison, like this podcast would be presented as evidence. Please don't say that. I'm just stating facts. <laughs> So I want to get all of your uh, thoughts on the different characters here, because we've seen a lot of suspects here. Um, Did anybody immediately seem suspicious to you, Kyle? I thought the old guy at first, because whenever they brought in the the floppy disks and then they talked about him owning a computer company, in my head that just made a quick connection. But other than that, I didn't really know. Uh, Colleen, uh, I don't know how much you remembered this case, but, uh, who, who were you thinking was suspicious? Uh, at this so point? I did remember the culprit for this case, but just rewatching it again, I was suspicious of, uh, the old guy as well. I was like, he ain't blind. No way. <laughs> this is a lot of age discrimination. I, I know it's going to come off that way, but as we learn later on, it's all true <laughs> what I'm saying. Well, see, I see. I think if I've learned anything from Canon, it's not to judge people by their age, but by their gender. <laughs> great, and that's that a great lesson. All women are evil, not old men. Yeah, it's to be sexist, not ageist. Yeah, and to smoke. Where are we going with this show? Yeah, smoking's cool, right? Smoking. Go. What are we referencing? <laughs> people look cool when they smoke. It's just a fact. Yeah. Can't fight facts. You can either be cool by smoking or you're lame. And unfortunately, all three of us, pretty lame. Although, Kyle, Mm -hmm. I feel like when you were in your, like, elementary school Game Boy stealing days, (laughs) you were uh, still a cigarette? Never stole a cigarette. I smoked weed during those days, but that was it. Oh. Weed's not cool. Weed's mainstream now. Just, yeah, we don't respect that. Oops. It's pretty mainstream here. Yeah, but all you Canadians are just potheads that love... Here we go. Uh, what's... I don't even remember the place I'm supposed to say. Uh, Tom... No, it's not Tom. <laughs> what? What's like the, the coffee Horton. place everybody likes? We yeah. go down to Tom Hortons. You get your weed and your Tim Hortons. 
Damn. Um, what about poutine? Oh, we love our poutine. We doesn't mix with poutine. We, why not? They put everything in poutine. Know. I feel like if you got high, you would love poutine. They put like lobster and gold in poutine. So I feel like there's a weed poutine out there. What? Could you do an edible poutine? All poutine's edible. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like with weed. <laughs> All poutine not is like. <laughs> what would it go in would it be like in the potato i guess in the fries oh maybe or like just sprinkled on top or in the gravy you know every single element can actually have it (laughs) what i don't think you can just sprinkle like weed (laughs) depends like using it as like oregano flakes just like chive top them up really adds a nice flavor and texture to it on this episode nice of spice. Gourmet Mix. That's right. Do you guys watch that? No. Never mind. Should we do that? Go watch Bon Appetit's YouTube channel. We'll do a rewatch podcast of that now. Of Bon Appetit? <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch it. Cannon asked the waitress where he, where a bar went, and she said that he had to do had work to do, and went back to his room. She then says that he forgot his tie, and then gives it to Conan. Ron then finds him and tells Conan uh, to not, oh, Ronnie Chan, me, <laughs> and uh, asks him why he had been wandering off this entire time. I, li- I like Ron being feisty here and not falling for his uh, childish bullshit. That was a great Conan impression. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, you better not start this alele shit. Uh, she says that Maida and Akiko left a long time ago and that they went back to their room. That's when she notices uh, Mahira locked out of his room as Akiko won't let him in for being a cheater. He says that she's clearly drank too much and then decides to hang out at the lounge at the top floor until she calms down. He then asks Ron to join him. Uh, Kenan then goes with them and happily breaks them apart after they have this really corny exchange where Ron was saying how beautiful the stars are. And then Mahira goes... Not as beautiful as you. Haha. <laughs> Just kidding. Unless. <laughs> Unless. <laughs> this guy's engaged. <laughs> yeah, Cannon's like, look at the dark sea outside. Isn't it scary? Also, step away from each other. Ron asks him how he met Akiko, and he says that they were childhood friends, as her brother was his best friend. However, he passed away three years ago. Maeda then mentions that he saw Kegura earlier with Kamaju, and Kenan remarks that they have another perverted man. Which they do. Uh, the scene cuts to Kegura talking to her, and he finds out that she got divorced three years ago. She then asks him who he thinks the Night Baron is, and he says he can't tell her. She then starts to rub her breasts against him and asks for just one hint from the famous detective. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kegura's in full, like, oh, this is going to be a good night <laughs> mood. And um, totally distracted by her uh, jigglies. But not her forehead, because that's covered up, guys. She uses uh, this distraction to slip several sleeping pills into Kegura's drink. And uh, Kegura thinks, I have a good feeling about tonight, right before drinking the drugs in his cup. So, poor guy. Totally fooled. You don't expect him to get roofied. 
but he might be solving yeah, you, you a case. You would think Kilgore would be the roofier. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Kilgore gets drugged quite a few times during this series. Now that I think about it, because I think he gets drugged in like the new movie too. Classic Kilgore. Don't give it all he's away. A rough go. Yeah, he's easily distracted. Maeda decides to head back to his room, which Conan cheerfully goes, "Yeah, go away already." <laughs> in his mind. Uh, and Maeda says that if he stays, he might get bitten by Ron's small bodyguard. So, uh, he, he can tell when he's not wanted. Before he leaves, Conan asks him if he knows what a virus is, but he just goes, do you mean things like colds? And then at the, uh, end of the episode, Conan recaps the case, and then we get the ending song. After it ends, we see people pointing to the sky as they see a figure dressed as the Night Baron fall and then get pierced by a statue. Like, God, what a way to die here, Kyle. Damn, that was intense. Yeah, what did you think about this ending? You, like, we had the rare, like, episode of Conan without anybody dying in it, and then they just took it to 100 real quick. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it went, went from 0 to 100 real quick. Uh, it was weird because, first off, whenever uh, the Night Baron freaking pushed Conan off of a ledge, and that was, like, the, the cut to commercial, that was a big shock. And then just seeing him fall and get stabbed at the end, didn't know what to think. What if it was Conan getting his revenge? He's <laughs> like, take this, you bitch. <laughs> That'd be so funny. <laughs> like, the rest of the episodes are like him trying to evade getting caught. <laughs> what do you think about this uh, little teaser ending, Colleen? What if you had to wait a whole week to see what happens oh, next? It'd be so hard to wait. I mean... It's really unique that the murder takes place during the end credits, I find. Because other than that, the episode was pretty, I don't want to say boring, but it was kind of like, okay, you're being introduced to this cast of characters, and they all got little quirks and stuff. And then, bam! Like, the murder happens, and you're just like, what is going on with Conan? This never happens. We always get, like, a preview for the next episode, but here we actually get the meat of the episode. Yeah, I kind of like how. I don't know what I like. <laughs> I kind of like the guy dying, getting impaled. All right, I know what I was gonna say. I like how they gave this episode like as a three parter. There was a lot of time to give everything space, but I definitely could have seen how like if they had tightened stuff up and cut some scenes, how they could have filled this into a, a two episode type arc. But I'm glad they did like extend it because it's nice to let it breathe and you know it's so unexpected to see a death occur at the like after ending song you know stinger part so that was Do really you remember unexpected how the case so was presented that. in the manga was it as drawn out uh no i do not okay uh i can find out how long the it took in the manga real quick though i feel like that would be the educational so. part of the podcast so we can add that information in there. Well, you know, we love we love to educate. <laughs> uh, it was five chapters. It was volume eight from chapter two to seven. So it wasn't like overly long or anything. But most cases are usually like uh, three or four. So it was a little longer, but nothing like huge. I thought it was interesting. It was. Man, I'm bombing over here. <laughs> That's what you need uh, to get the laugh track in. <laughs> At least I have Kyle as well. Yeah, I'll be here. Next Conan's hint is karate. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sorry. I thought you wanted me to laugh. I thought you were laughing at his pronunciation. 
<laughs> what, what was wrong with my pronunciation? <laughs> like there was something to laugh about. <laughs> Nothing. Go on. <laughs> I'm gonna quit midway through this three-parter. Conan says, uh, next time Rane-chan takes center stage. And then we we hear, it might have been a bar, I wasn't sure who the voice was, but they said, Ron-chan, come away with me, and then we hear Ron go, take this! I just always assume the, the voice is Genta. So, little... so that, that was what I thought. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. So do I. But I don't think he would, no. like, grab a woman. Yeah, Genta respects women. Unless he thought, like, she her ass was, like, an ill or something to eat. <laughs> if he thought it was food. Then he no, would grab bigger. a woman. He'd be That's like, oh. Whom amongst us, you know? And uh, now we move to episode 69 of the podcast. See, this Kyle. is why I came back. I couldn't miss episode 69. What's the big deal, guys? Nice. nice. Uh, this originally aired July 28th, 1997. And I don't know, Colleen, maybe you're just too innocent up there in Canada. But 69 is the sex number. Yeah, I, I knew that. The sex <laughs> number. It was- that's the joke. <laughs> I love this podcast. Well, that's a great reaction to have <laughs> on the first day back. Kenan introduces episode 69 by saying, nice. Yep. <laughs> No, no, no. Conan says, today's case is about Rane-chan. She has her moves, she has her worries, and she has all the action. I thought he was going to, like, go into a DK rap there. Because, <laughs> like, it was really similar. It was like, Tiny Kong, she has her moves, she has her worries, and an attitude. I don't know what the this DK rap lyrics are. If only. The episode begins with the police arriving and Conan rushing down <laughs> to the crime scene. He sees the dead body and is stopped by Inspector Sango Yokomizo. I don't know how to say that name. That's good enough. Who then recognizes him. We originally met Sango you, way back in episode 9, Tenkaichi Festival Murder Case. You'll he says remember that him. He transferred last month to the. Sh- yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he says that he transferred last month to the uh, Shizuoka Prefectural Police. Yeah, let's go with that. Conan then lifts up the mask the and ones. oh, I think Tyler's back. <gasps> Resurrected. That that's a really great point to start. So th- the thing I learn, the thing I learn, the more I do podcasting, is that I'm bad at podcasting, <laughs> which uh, is not great when you're locked into doing like 500 <laughs> episodes. This is your idea. <laughs> Maybe you should have thought of that before. You don't have to remind me. <laughs> I just wanted a human interaction each week, and I thought this was a good way to tie tie down some unfortunate souls and maybe suck in some new ones like Colleen along yeah, the way. Force it. Yeah, we recorded a portion of this, so you can just skip the first three lines. You're good. Yeah, we got you. Oh, really? <laughs> I, I felt like you were trolling. No. You'll listen back to the recording and find out. I don't believe you. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> that would be really good, though, if we just, like cut like half of the episode (laughs) the episode begins with the police arriving and Kenan rushing down to the crime scene he sees the dead body and he's stopped by nobody else but inspector Sango Yokomizo who then recognizes him 
Uh, I don't know if you remember this guy, Kyle, but we met him way back in episode nine, the uh, Tenkaichi Festival murder case. That was the guy with the watch who had taken all those photos like a year, uh, a year prior okay. and then was Such matching it up. Do you remember yeah, that Whenever case? me and Colleen were uh, bullshitting about this just two seconds ago while you were gone, I was like, I don't remember this guy. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that rings a bell. <laughs> The I remember case. he's I remember awesome because he's Kogoro's fan. That's what makes him so good. Yeah, and uh, Kyle, what would you say if I told you he has a twin brother, <laughs> but one that hates Kogoro? Kyle, I cut out for a bit. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> you cut out when I was asking you a question. Oh, perfect. <laughs> The answer is yes. <laughs> it wasn't a yes no question. <laughs> In that case, it's four. Uh, so what would you do if you knew that Mr. Yokomiza, the, the inspector here, had a twin brother that hated Kogoro instead of being his fan? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you don't well, think that's was, a lie? to work through those feelings in about 300 episodes. Oh god, everything's falling apart over here. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Did you like lose your blanket again? <laughs> my security blanket. No, my uh, my. <laughs> I hear you like moving my your mic a bunch now. Like keep getting unplugged. I don't know what happened. It was like four times in a row, just in and out. Oh god. <laughs> What are you doing? Are you just like sitting still? I Billy like caught the wire for it against the table, and I don't know. I don't know. Okay. You just sound so sweet right now. Like my belly. I am. What was it? Rub my tummy, tummy, Sonico. <laughs> I remember that stuff. I'm crying. My belly keeps on plugging my headphones. Sonico would take care of me. Yeah. I miss Sonico. I hope we get. I hope we get to see her soon. We haven't seen her in a minute. Yokomiza says that he transferred last month to the uh, Shizuoka Prefectural Police. Kenan then lifts up the mask and learns that the dead night baron is actually Ibarra, the pervert. Good riddance. So, uh... He had it coming. No, it's very sad. Fuck that guy. We lost a man of science that day. (laughs) One that knew how to tell women by their butts. Good research. They explain who he is uh, to Yokomizo, and Conan notices that he's only wearing one glove. He's like Michael Jackson. Or Taman. Taman wears one glove. Who's that? Uh, he was in Shiny. What's that? <laughs> it's a K-pop group. <laughs> he's in Super M, too. But he, he's had a, a very prolific uh, solo career. I think the only K-pop group Tyler knows yeah, is BTS. Do you, do you even <laughs> know? No, I know... Uh... I'm totally making that up. I don't really know anything about BTS. Um, who was CL in? 
Like C2 or something. C2 I can't something. remember. One of the older... C2 Emmy or something. Uh, she was cool. Cause she had a song with uh, a bad rapper. It was uh, Riff Raff. She had a song she with Riff Raff. She sang with Riff Raff? Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, C.L. Riff Raff. Let's find out what song <laughs> it was. Uh, oh, yeah. Dr. Pepper is called. It's a hell of a song. Diplo's on it, too. OG Maca. What? Yeah, she says, put it on ice, bitch. Dr. Pepper. Sweet. Feeling so clean, it don't get no fresher. Chilling in the freezer when I'm under pressure. I put it on ice, bitch. Dr. Pepper. Can't handle this volume. Can't handle this. Can't handle this song. But you're going to bounce to this shit. Bounce to this shit. Bounce to this shit. What's What's the rest of the song? (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) No, it's Cobro's theme song. Hell yeah. Where the hell are we in my room? <laughs> <laughs> Forget the notes. Uh, Yokomiza then asks where Mori is, and uh, Kamaju then says that he's at the second floor pub. All three of them run upstairs to fetch Mori, but not before Conan sees the woman crying under her glasses. Mysterious. They find Kogoro completely asleep, and we learn that a bar of at exactly 10 p.m. Kogoro looks at the time and is shocked that it's so late. He asked if they already examined his room, uh, but they said they weren't able to get inside because his inner security bolt was on. They then cut it and find his clothes in the middle of the floor with his room key by it. Kogoro remarks that Ibarra was pretty drunk earlier and that they noticed that he was staying directly above where he fell. Kogoro believes it was just an accident as his other glove is caught on the handrail. So, Kyle, were you blaming this to be just an accident? Why would time? it ever be an accident in this show? Could you imagine that episode? Yeah, that's a if good it's point. just like, oh, it was just an accident. <laughs> it's all fine. No worries. I mean, I guess there was like one case where, like, it wasn't actually a murder. It was the, uh, it was the episode with Yoko Okino where her boyfriend just made it look like uh, he was murdered with an ice block. Oh yeah, yeah, because he had to like melt it Hachi. or whatever, right? Yeah. yeah, his fat ass melted the ice ball. <laughs> and like they, they found him all wet, but they were like, oh, he's fat. He's all sweating. <laughs> Good. What a show this is. He probably wanted to scare the participants downstairs by climbing down the veranda, explains Kogoro. Foolishly losing his life over a silly prank. Imagine if that's like how Phantom of the Opera ended, you know? It'd be better than like how it does how end, because like, he's a weird... Well, I mean, I haven't seen it. I've read the Wikipedia. Uh, Suffer if he does. He doesn't get the girl. The other guy gets the girl. No, no. Yeah, but he, like, kidnapped her and tried to rape her. Yeah, but then she got into it. There's nothing romantic about Phantom and the Opera. Phantom is about an insult. So you guys don't know about Love Never Dies. (laughs) What's that? That's the sequel to Phantom of the Opera. There's a sequel? Yeah. I thought he died. Doesn't he get chased off by the... Oh, wait. He gets, like... So, if, yeah, if we're talking about the Andrew Lloyd Webber uh, adaptation, then he survives. <laughs> God, you're such a theater geek. <laughs> What's your take on cats? Oh, I don't know. No, just no. I mean, I like cats, like the animal, but the musical. <laughs> generally like, generally speaking. speaking. <laughs> I'm freaked out by the new movie. I'm freaking out. I, I can't watch that new yeah, movie. Yeah, I get freaked out by Taylor Cats. Swift, too. I feel you. So tell me about Love Never, Never Dies. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, Love Never Dies uh, turns out, well, spoiler alert for anybody who cares about this. It's not Detective Conan related, but um, so it takes place in New York City and the Phantom of the Opera has now like a theme park on Coney Island or whatnot. And it turns out, what? yes, and it turns out that he actually fathered uh, a child, the child of Christine Daae. Because Christine. Oh, so he's not an incel? No, I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one night that they had together in yeah, the Phantom but, like, of did the he Opera. Rape her? Uh, apparently it was uh, That wasn't consensual. consensual though, right? Apparently it was. According to Love oh. Never Dies. Because their love never dies. Are you saying that 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 you can only get pregnant from <laughs> No <laughs> <laughs> Only when only when people are in are in true no. love can they conceive. Only when a man and a woman love each other very much will a baby <laughs> be born. <coughs> like that's yeah, I don't know what like sex ed is like <laughs> in Canada, but I'm thinking like they could probably. That's do the a test of job. true love, like you know, in Sleeping Beauty, when it's like true love's kiss or whatever. Yeah, that's not a kiss. What? They got a fuck. <laughs> what are you guys talking about? <laughs> this is good content. <laughs> Yeah, Ty was going to edit it all out. Conan asked if anyone would really try to climb downstairs on the 21st floor without a rope. Also, his room key is inside, so he'd be locked out if he was able to get downstairs like he planned. Kegaro isn't entertained, and he just punches (laughs) Conan on the top of his head and throws him out. Uh, During this exchange, Conan's pen that he was using to write on falls off the balcony, which doesn't get retrieved for like an episode. I forgot about it. I was like, are we ever going to see that pen again? Kyle, when mm-hmm. you were in school, did the kids ever uh, invite you to the Pen 15 Club? <laughs> you know, I was a lead member of the Pen 15 Club. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> if I do say so myself. Yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Had it written on my forehead all the time. Pen 15, let them know. Kegger <laughs> <laughs> have used the body and Kenny is crawling around trying to find the fountain pen that dropped. Uh, Maida then asks if it was really Ibarra, and Kamaju confirms that it is. Others chime in saying that they suspected him, and that they're disappointed by the end of the mystery tour. I love how this dude died, and the, the elderly man is just like, Huh, I thought this would be more fun. Damn. What did he expect? <laughs> Kennedy then asks about the victim's necktie, as the uh, knot is put on backwards. And... Just so, uh, just so it would be, Conan has an old necktie of him that the waitress gave him, and it shows that his habit wasn't to tie it weird. So stupid. So that, that's strange. Yeah, even like Kogar is like, why the hell do you have his <laughs> necktie? Conan then says that his belt is on backwards as well. So Kogar finally puts one and one together and realizes that somebody put these clothes on him, and that it was a murder, and that the real killer. And the Night Baron is still part of uh, the mystery tour, so it continues. Kogro and the police begin getting everybody's alibis. Maida was with Ron until 10. Kamaju uses Mori as her alibi and gets close to him. I like how, like, clearly not obstructing, like, justice here as she's, like, rubbing up against him trying to give her testimony. She's using her womanly ways. For real. Uh, Cannon points out that uh, he passed out, though. 
Uh, the old man, Kaneshiro, says that he was sitting at the outdoor restaurant where Abara fell to with his assistant. However, nobody can confirm it. Conan finds it odd when he says, considering the way he died, that can't be helped. Because, you know, he's blind, so how does he know how he died? But then again, I, f- I get, like, where Conan's thinking here, but I also find that a bit stupid because, like, you'd overhear people saying he fell on a f- statue. That's not, like, something you can't piece together. <laughs> it's true. Like, only a man with his own two eyes could tell the how he died. Like, no. Yeah, this bitch is impaled. <laughs> Yeah, you think that'd be brought up when, like, 20 people are standing around the body <laughs> and they're like, holy shit, his body just fell from the sky. Uh, Kane says that he was alone in his room reading emails. What a loser. <laughs> Finally, Akiko says that she was alone in a room watching television the entire Another time. Another loser. But there was no witnesses. Although- <laughs> hey, man. If you're going to judge somebody for... Actually, if you're going to judge somebody for either checking emails all the time or watching TV, then I'm like the biggest loser of them all. I'm not. Um, you, were, you said it about the emails. she does say that she was watching a movie about a bomb on a skyscraper, Colleen. Yeah, she was obviously watching Detective Conan movie one. Yeah. Well, reference to the first movie. Oh, I thought there, that was a like diehard thing. <laughs> which, uh, was, which inspired <laughs> well, the been. first movie, so you're not wrong. Wait, the first movie? Wait, Actually, what? I don't even hold know on, if hold that's on. true. <laughs> no, yeah, let's just go with that. It's a Christmas movie. The first Detective Conan's a Christmas right. movie. Conan says, yippee-ki-yay, right. Mr. Falcon. <laughs> Mr. Falcon. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Dr. Agasa. Just like in the original. Yippee-ki-yay, Kogoro. That'll catch on. We then see a police officer complain about having to watch a dead body all by himself when somebody knocks on the door. He answers and then is immediately attacked. Bad luck for that guy. Conan remarks that all the tour participants have poor alibis and wonders how the culprit was able to slip out of the room after throwing a bar off the veranda. Conan and Ron then tell Akiko that she has a better alibi as she called the front desk to ask for a morning call. That's when the elevator door opens and the Night Baron is there. Ron tells her to stand back and she tries to attack the Night Baron, but she's unable to land a hit on him. He then flees, but neither Ron or Akiko, uh, they just stand still and they don't bother to run after him. Kogoro learns about the incident, and Ron says she was flustered, which is why she didn't follow him. So I love Kogoro's reaction here. So Kogoro, instead of saying, gee, Ron, are you okay? I'm really worried about you. He said, why didn't you go catch him? I like how, yeah, how he expects that of his daughter. Yeah. And she's 16, right? Yeah, but she should make herself useful. <laughs> You're a karate champion. <laughs> I didn't pay for yeah. those lessons for nothing. <laughs> so, Kyle, what do you think about this scenario? Because, you know, obviously Ron's a badass, but we've also seen her scared when more supernatural things are happening. <laughs> yep. And here we have this creepy guy that looks like something out of a horror movie where he has a mask on and he's a creepy killer. What do you think here? Were you... Were you surprised by her in an action? Did you- I know the real Ron. And you know what? The real Ron showed up today. She was there. When she put her arm out and was like, stand back. I'm like, yes, this is the real Ron. This is why I watch this TV show. And obviously, whenever she can't land a single hit, that's obviously you know supposed to, supposed to uh, give us some information, right? That's supposed to incept some uh, knowledge into our brains. So y- you knew that was uh, Maida then? Yeah, you, you know what's going on. Right. You know what's going on. If Ron can't beat you up, you gotta be, 
you got to be a top tier karate talent. It's the only way. The police then say that the body wasn't touched and only the costume was stolen. Another police officer runs into the room and says that the outfit is now in the pool. That's when they find a mask, a hat, a wig, and a cape there. Kenan believes it was thrown from a balcony, and he recognizes that the culprit's actions were very careless. The police decide to question everybody again, but nobody has an alibi as they were all in, in their rooms, and everybody's like, you guys told us to stay in our rooms. We're not then you can't use that against us. Uh, Yokomizo then decides to check everybody's room. They start with Maeda's room, and Conan opens the balcony door, letting the wind in. Conan then thinks about the murder and says it was a closed-room murder case. The police find pills, but Akiko explains that they are sleeping pills that she keeps in her pocket as she's been suffering from insomnia. Conan asks to see them, and then they go to check the elderly man's room. Once again, Conan opens the door to look outside. Kegaro asks why he keeps following him around, and Conan, I love this part, he Conan kind of sucks up to him, and he's like, oh, I wanted to see how brilliantly you solved the case. And is like, man, you can be so cute sometimes. <laughs> Conan asks the old man if the window was locked at the time, and he says that he's blind, so he doesn't know, but his assistant says it was locked. Please then check Kano's room, but before they leave the old man says that Kano was suspected of tampering with the bank's computer system at his workplace and then was demoted as a result. Mm. When that gets up, brought up to Kano, he says that the old man hates the Night Baron the most as it led to the death of his son. Oh no. Meanwhile, Conan checks the window and notes that it's close to the veranda, but it is impossible to jump over there. We then learn that Kamaju was married to Ibarra, but that they divorced three years ago. So basically everybody has a motive here. She admits to being married to him and says that they split when she learned that he was a hacker. I'm glad he's gone, she says. That's vicious. Damn. <laughs> she then says that Akiko's older brother also owned a small computer software company, so everybody had a motive to kill. Conan finds sleeping pills in her apartment and asks her what they are. However, she says that it's cold medicine, and just when Conan's like caught her in a lie, Kogoro kicks him out. He's not having any of this BS. With uh, with all the information that Conan has gathered, the suspects could have only escaped to Kanashiro and Hayashi's room. Conan then walks upon the police investigating the lock that they cut from a bar's room, and they note that there's some cellophane tape on it as the episode ends. After the ending song, we see Ron thinking about the attack. She says that the only one person that could dodge her attacks like that must have been Maida, and she starts to cry. In her mind, she asks Shinichi for help, and that's when Conan appears. She undoes the security lock, which she didn't set, and Conan says that the experiment was a success. He then asks her if she was crying, and she said her eyes were just watering. With that successful, that means that anybody could have committed the crime. He now has to check everybody's alibi. And that's when he learns that the cop, Misawa, uh, got knocked out and that he was a master at karate. The episode ends with Conan and Ron both believing that Maeda is the culprit here. So you caught on to the clues, Kyle. I'm a genius. With an episode to go, were you like thinking that, oh, he has to be it? Or were you like, there has to be a twist? Well, uh... That's a good question. I guess whenever Ron came out and was like, oh, I got it. I got the alibi. And then Conan 
Is it in the post credit where he's like, wait, why didn't he say that? Or is it in the actual episode? Why didn't he bring that up when he was getting that's in the next episode, isn't it? Next episode, yeah. Okay, once that happens, that's when I was like, oh, wait, yeah, what's going on? So, like, I started to feel more confident in my prediction, but, like, at, at the end of this episode, I was I was very shaky. I was very worried. Yeah, see, I knew deep down that a woman had to do it, <laughs> so uh-huh. I always believed in his innocence. Not all men. How are you uh, feeling, Colleen? Um, yeah, I, um, I was pretty sure that... Uh, that was just a ruse like he dressed up as the night baron for some reason like he was protecting somebody like um i'm still still pretty sure that it was also done by a woman like you so <laughs> yeah it was ron he was protecting ron that's right because he thinks that he's she, getting revenge for conan yeah, he thinks that she's beautiful or something or wh- whatever his line was <laughs> more beautiful than the stars <laughs> More beautiful than the stars. How would you react, Colleen, if somebody said you were more beautiful than the stars? I think they were You're kidding. You're fucking gross! <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Flattery will get you nowhere. All right. That's my reaction. All right, I'll... Hell yeah. Add that to my <laughs> <laughs> Next Conan's hint. <laughs> Building wins. Quite the hint. Conan then says, uh, we get the little ending gag here where he goes... Next time we solve this mystery, you're the culprit. And the little voice goes, Mugen? Yeah, that's Genta. Is I it Genta? Know. I just keep thinking it is. I like to pretend. It would have to be an eel pun if it was Genta. Ah, uh, yeah. What's with the eel? He loves, that's his favorite food. Oh, a good boy. Jeez, I thought you were the Detective Cannon. Listen, I've been Detective gone for a while. <laughs> I, I, I haven't seen my boy for a little bit, Okay. Leave me alone. Yeah, he's on a Weight Watchers diet now, so you won't recognize him. Damn. Damn. Yeah, he's wow. small. He's a small I'm so boy. Proud of he's him. like smaller than Conan. <laughs> smaller than Conan. She's <laughs> a tiny baby. <laughs> Imagine like bringing out the bag when they do and like when when you can show like how a visual of like how much weight you've lost. Like a before and little... after shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like 2%. (laughs) Just a triangle at that point. He's my missile boy. We move to episode 70, the Night Baron murder case, The Resolution. This originally aired August 4th, 1997. And Conan welcomes us and he says, Today we finally resolve the case. An unexpected culprit hides behind the mask. The episode picks up where the last one left off as Conan asked the police if the knocked out officer really was a karate expert. He said that he's third ranked um, and Conan recalls that they dodged Ron's attacks. So it must be Maeda, the karate champ. It then cuts to Ron thinking about what would Shinichi do? I want a little bracelet. Like instead of like, what would Jesus do? Just what would Shinichi do? I own do? that bracelet. Do you? No, but I, I would. <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> like, like, I own this. Oh, do you? No. <laughs> I'm delirious. I can't handle it. Oh my god. 
Ja, ich glaube das. <laughs> it didn't seem like too unrealistic that like somebody would make this. I thought she was talking about like the the what would Jesus do ones. Oh. Oh. I'm sure there's a Shinichi one on like, Etsy no. somewhere. Let me just take a yeah. look now. Oh yeah, I bet there is one. You know, it's an interesting question. What would Shinichi do? Because it's probably like look up a girl's skirt and find out that she's a gymnast. Yeah. Or leave for 14 plus months and never talk to your crush again. Yeah, he's just like really good at ghosting. <laughs> Gotta leave him wanting more. That's a strat- strategy. Have you ever ghosted anyone? I mean, I've stopped replying to somebody. Like, but it's not like. I feel like you have to be like actively talking to. What was the question? To be ghosting. Oh, have we ever ghosted? Have you ever ghosted somebody? No, I've never had that. Because, <laughs> like, I've had, like, boring conversations on a dating site, and I'm just like, oh, well, neither of us want to talk to each other anymore. We're just <laughs> part ways. <laughs> it's not. Like, two shit. Yeah, you just stop messaging at a point. Yeah, it's not like somebody is, like, messaging me back multiple so Tyler, times. Tyler, where are you at? Hey, please talk to me. Are you okay? Did I say something that offended you? <laughs> yeah, like, that would. I would reply if somebody. Oh, that's nice. But usually it's like, yeah, we're lonely, but not this lonely to talk to each other. That's real. So. Have you, Colleen? Yeah. No, I've been on the receiving end, though. Oh, damn. Aww. Damn. Sorry, true confessions Don't here. Don't ghost people. Don't <laughs> no. ghost people. No, it's not nice. Don't... Yeah. Shinichi would never ghost anyone, really. He's never. dying to get back to Ron and just tell her what happened. You know, I didn't get ghosted the last time, but, like, the last time I went on, like, a, like, a date from a dating site, I got catfished, and then, like, sh- after we went on the date, she, she, like, blew me off afterwards. Damn! It was really fun. <laughs> oh, I know! Because no. it's, like, like, she was, like, way bigger than what she oh, looked no, on yeah. her thing, yeah. and then even, and I was, like, whatever. But I'm was like, it, like, a picture of Yeah, but it was the her? same person. Yeah, it was still the same person. Yeah, but it was like an edited okay. photo. It was sure. But um, as maybe long, she as had as a rough like week. A guy. Like, this, then after the day, and she's like, you know what? I may have to catfish, but at least I'm better Damn. than this. So she was like, "Damn!" No. And you put up like the effort to like not be a dick. <laughs> yeah, that was nice. Yeah, you were we willing to, to be we catfished. To I thought it was nice. Yeah. Maybe, maybe she was like, damn, this, this guy ain't even going to call me out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't really enjoy the date, but I was like, I, I thought it'd be nice. You just wanted like, a human interaction. Say, oh, I had fun. And I was like, oh, you know, had fun tonight. And she was like, yeah, no. Damn. <laughs> damn. That's brutal. Dude. I would have been an asshole yeah. if that happened to me. I'm like, bitch. <laughs> Look at you! <laughs> I, I just, I just, I just took that. Oh, she didn't deserve you um, anyway. Yeah, good guy, Tyler. Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, so now I only perch women in dark corners while smoking cigarettes, and oh god, I don't know what I'm, this is. I'm gonna cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not looking forward to editing any of this. <laughs> oh god. Oh yeah, remember when we were talking about what would Shinichi do? We really got off on a tangent here. 
<laughs> oh man, I love you guys. So <laughs> this is like the second time we're talking. And yeah, I love it. The bond. We're all stupid. <laughs> Saran's back to thinking. What would Shinichi do? And uh, she remembers when she asked him what he would do if Doctor Agasa was the culprit of all people. Damn. Uh, Shin- Shinichi said that he would reveal him and state plainly that he's the culprit. And she was like, "Oh, <laughs> just oh. <a> cool." <laughs> you're just trying to be cool and he's like no it's not cool at all in that situation I'd probably be all worn out it would be after I had exhausted all the possibilities to prove that person wasn't the culprit it's actually foreshadowing a case later on where where Conan feels just that way soccer? Uh, yes soccer is involved I don't want to give too much away but yeah I just watched that recently that was a great case it's Um, another Heiji episode is that the one? Yes. Yeah, you're like 300 episodes away yeah, it's from a, this. It's a great case, um, Kyle. You'll love Kyle. it. <laughs> yeah, in like six years when we get to it. You never know. He might watch even... in advance. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't even bother to keep up with the, po- <laughs> keep up with the podcast. It's true. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry for my awkward laugh. We didn't see Maida. I saw a funny picture. So. We then see Maida and Kiko in the room where she apologizes for bringing him on this tour. She then attempts to ask him if he's the Night Baron, but then she's just like, oh, "I'm going to bed instead." This is like the ultimate big mood of a relationship, right here, where you're like, "I want to like talk about this subject, but I'm just going to sleep instead." Because sometimes, Kyle, it's better off not knowing. It's what I do every day. But isn't that like the golden rule? Don't go to bed angry. Or something like that. I don't know. The golden rule is don't be mean. Yeah. Treat others like you want to be treated. Oh, I mean the other golden rule. Maybe laugh at their their jokes, Colleen. (laughs) You mean not laugh when they're hacking up a lung? (laughs) Uh, You know, with our great editing, I'm sure I haven't coughed a single time. This so what I just said will make no sense. Nope. But it'll stay in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> All the coughing, gone. I but guess. this bit stays in. <laughs> the police then bring Kogoro and Yokomizo the victim's belongings and reveal something strange on his security bolt. This is, of course, the cellophane tape. They then get a knock at the door and their bolt is locked. Yokomizo opens it and he sees Conan there, who explains that he locked it from the outside using cellophane tape. To do this, it's very simple. <laughs> There's only like an 18 part uh, instructions here. You cut off a sufficient length of tape, leave a few centimeters of the adhesive portion there, fold it in half, and then leave the security bolt perpendicular to the door. Then you close the door and pull the tape from the outside to lock it. Give it a nice yank. And the tape comes off. Yokomizo mentions that as long as you have the key, uh, you can confirm that it was locked. And since it was in the culprit's blind spot, they didn't realize that there was still some tape on it. Kegara then asks where Conan learned this trick, and he says he saw it on a Fuck mystery off. show. Isn't that <laughs> this running gag? He's like, I, I learned this off a mystery show. Oh, I have to go to the bathroom. Like, those are just the things that he uses as excuses, and it's wonderful. Also, like, 
Conan's never watching TV at home. So shouldn't they know that he's, like, bullshitting here? What a hack. He does read manga, though. Wow. All cool, guys. Yeah. What's, what's Conan's favorite manga? Is oh. he into, like, a... Fruits basket. Jinji Ito shit? Like, is he, like, way into Uzumaki? I could see that. He's, like, he's just, like, obsessed with, like, weirdo horror. I could see him being into... Naruto. Naruto. <laughs> and now he's reading Boruto. Does he like Boruto? Does anyone like or Boruto? You... No. <laughs> oh, nobody. Do. I liked it. You did? I mean, I never read it. <laughs> <laughs> but the Wikipedia. Both you guys are just lying. <laughs> <laughs> you got this bracelet? No. Do you want Boruto? No. <laughs> yeah i guess whenever there's a statement on the show we just need to like press everybody on it because the answer's always like the complete opposite yeah, i thought this case was really great did you like it no, no. <laughs> the locked door solved yokomizo and kogura then go through everybody's alibis maida was with ron and conan but nobody else checked the time akiko was watching television Kano was checking his email. Kimajo was in the pub with Kogoro, and Kanashiro and his assistant were at the outdoor restaurant. Conan then chimes in and says that he has additional info, as Akiko called the front desk around 10 o'clock to ask for a morning call. The front desk confirms this and mentions that the murder happened immediately afterward as they heard screams outside. Kogoro mentions that she has to be innocent since she saw the Night Baron with Ron. Yokomizo can't understand why the culprit stole the costume back, and then asks if they have a record of Kano using his phone line to go online after 10 o'clock. We learn that he was online from 9.45 to 10.06. Kogoro mentions that he could be online, but not at the computer. That's something the kids call AFK. Remember that, Kyle? The old AOL instant messenger days? Did you used to be on that? Put up, put up your buddy messages. Yeah, what, what was uh, your bio? Was it like your favorite songs and stuff? Was it like a lyric? Oh, yeah. It was Linkin Park. Remember the day. No, um, <laughs> Stop lying. We <laughs> yeah. my, my, my AOL instant messenger name was Arctic Monkeys. Wow. You're an Arctic Monkeys guy. I never would have yeah, uh, early Early adopter. Damn. Um, that was before their first full length dropped but uh i used to be really into them until i put out a shitty album last year (laughs) what was the shitty album um they did some bad concept album that people like tried to say was good but it wasn't r.i.p was it um yeah i don't know i was always like depressed over like girls i guess so i never had an entertaining profile it was always like why can't I find love? <laughs> you Nothing still say true. that, yeah. <laughs> Tyler. <laughs> it's not a good life, Kyle. <laughs> like, you say nothing has changed. I know. <laughs> I just edit my Twitter profile and we'll buy it there and nobody notices. 
It's like for two hours in the middle of the night one one day. You just have it like, I can't find love. (laughs) I changed my location. I notice when you change your picture, though. Is that good enough? Oh. I'm not even on Twitter. when you make it uh, a picture of you. I'm not even on Twitter and I know that. That's good, though. We don't. We, we we need somebody off. Twitter. Yeah, Twitter's bad. It's a bad place. Stay, not to be tainted. Turns your brain to mush. Yeah. Plus, Kyle gets a bunch of unwanted DMs from me, which nobody wants. No, they're very wanted. You don't DM me, DM me enough. Oh. Shout out to all fans who DM me at Spirit and Soul S E O U L like the does city. Any, does anybody DM you? Yeah. No fans. Oh, really? No, that's a lie. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say because no fans have DM. Kyle had, <laughs> Only person Kyle that got in contact was yet, Colleen so. that emailed me. I know. I had to get in on it. <laughs> I had to tell one lie. Uh, Kogura then learns from the bartender that Camera Joe put pills into his glass and knocked him out. Oh, look how the bartender just watched this happen. Yeah, it didn't say a thing. That's ridiculous. <laughs> like, ridiculous. why didn't Dangerous. he stop her or tell Kogura not to drink it? Yeah, and then he's like, yeah, she just went to the bathroom and was back after five minutes. <laughs> uh, so she was at the bar when the murder occurred, uh, but then she left after hearing the commission. And then verify that the old man in the assistant's uh, alibi at the restaurant as a waitress remembers them. And she says that they rushed toward the scene after hearing about it. Wait, I have a question. Why did yeah. she drug Kogoro? Well, we'll get to it at the end. Okay. Or do you want me just to say uh, it? doesn't matter. It's like the, it's a goof at the very end of it. So I'll just okay. Um, Kogoro and Yokomizo say that they've narrowed the sus- suspects down to two, Kano and Maida. So at this point, Kyle, since you thought like, do you think maybe Maida was misdirection and then it was going to be Kano or what were you thinking? Well, here? because of how this show works. Wait. So Kano's the guy and... Maeda's the girl, right? They're both guys. No, no. Maeda's the karate guy. Kano's the nerd that checks his email. Who named oh, his no, computer after that, yeah. his mom. No, fuck both those guys. Yeah. I I thought Karate Boy, still high likelihood, though. And out of breath, Ron then appears and asks where Kogoro is. Conan points to him, and then she says that she's found Maeda's alibi. She says that he bumped into some fans outside the lounge. They asked him to put the date and time by his autograph. And that it was at 10.03. Who does that? The fans checked with their own watches, so it wasn't made up. Conan tells her to bring the witnesses here, and finds it odd that Maeda didn't mention it when talking about his alibi. Conan then finds his pen that dropped in the previous episode, and is surprised at how far away it is from the statue. And that's how he learns about wind resistance. Because <laughs> he's like, Wow! If the wind's blowing, that can affect how somebody falls. Oh, good. Magic. Like, he's supposed to be this genius. And then he's so dumb. Yeah, he's like a high schooler at this point, right? Yeah. He's, yeah, like, you'd learn that in high school science class. There's something wrong with Shinichi. He's, like, not well. <laughs> <laughs> Conan then asked the waitress if the wind was blowing when the man fell. And she said it was a strong wind blowing from left to right across the statue. Conan then realizes who the culprit is and can't believe that he didn't notice such a simple thing. Just as he figures it out, Kogoro starts to suspect Maeda, which everybody had a whole episode prior. (laughs) 
I love how Kogoro is like three steps behind everybody else. He's like, I know who the culprit is now. Meanwhile, we figure out that it's not him. <laughs> yeah, he's only just now getting off the fact that like, oh, okay, so someone was murdered, you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> so I still have to pay half of the bill. <laughs> <laughs> that is what he'd be thinking about. Conan then asked the officers to go to each of the suspects' rooms and to follow the instructions written down on a piece of paper. Everyone is now gathered, and Kogoro says that Kaneshiro, Hayashi, Sayama, and Kamaju's alibis have checked out. However, Maeda and Kano are still suspicious. He says that the killer was careless by knocking out a karate expert policeman and accuses Maeda. However, Ron arrives coming uh Sorry. However, Ron comes running forward with two fans. Kagero then just moves on. He's like, well, shit, I was wrong there. <laughs> Kano, you did it. He's like, who's left? He, oh, uh, that guy. Yeah, and he's like, don't be fooled by his outward appearance. This guy's actually a karate expert. And then he just punches him in the head and he gets a big, uh, gigantic egg on his head. That's fantastic. I love Kogoro. Yeah, I love that scene. Conan then gets the signal that he had been waiting for, so he knocks out Kogoro with his uh, little dart. He then says that he's had enough joking around, and that he wants to, everybody to step away from the statue as it's dangerous. Conan then raises Kogoro's hand to start the experiment. A bunch of blankets drop down uh, from all the victim and suspect's rooms, and the one that was from the victim's room fell far away. Because of the strong night wind, which we learned is called the uh, Himekaze. The waitress testifies that the wind was blowing harder than it is now. And that the victim was wearing the costume that catches wind. As such, if he fell from his room, then he would have never been impelled. Yokomiza points out that they were fooled by the glove on the handrail. And it made them believe that it was a sealed room. The blanket that was impelled was from Akiko's room. Ron says that it was just a coincidence. But Kegaro says, while it may be a coincidence that it was impaired, Kamajo and Kano are innocent as their rooms are facing a different direction from the victim's room. Kegaro explains that there is one place that is directly below the victim's veranda, and that is unaffected by the wind. Maeda then interrupts to say that he did it, and that she's met face-to-face with the culprit. However, Kiko isn't having it, but now knows that he was the one that tried to protect her. Kegura points out that he found the wig, which wasn't used earlier since Abera's hair matched the Night Baron and her belongings, and then tossed it in the pool. Maeda had planned to take the blame. She says that it isn't the case, and that he's the only reason why her perfect crime was ruined. She did it to avenge her brother who was killed three years ago. Abara had hacked the software that her brother had bet his company's fortune on. It was called Workshop. Kamajo is surprised by this as that was the software that Ibarra had sold her three years ago. She found out that it was hacked and stopped selling it, but before that happened, Akiko's brother killed himself by leaping off a roof, which is pretty cool. (laughs) (coughs) Pretty cool. Akiko then planned this tour to kill Ibarra. He took the bait as she used the promise of the virus to get him to come over to her room. She then put sleeping pills in his drink and then threw him out of the room. He died the same way her brother died. Although I assume her brother wasn't impelled by a statue. 
Although if he was, that would be even cooler. Yeah, that'd be gnarly. Do you think that'd be the way you'd want to go if you jumped off the building, or would you want rather just go splat? I guess you want the target. <laughs> like, it seems like that's what you get extra points for in a video game. I feel like that wouldn't be instantaneous, though. And you don't get another life after. It's, like, not the same. It's yeah, game over, okay. yeah, actually. That. That's kind of the, the appeal, Colleen. Yeah, 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 I want the game over. <laughs> oh, okay. Carry on, then. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think anybody <laughs> jumps on. off a building going, like... Man, I hope I come back after this one. They do if they think it's a video game. Like, oh, I've got two lives left. I'm good. Why are you jumping off, then? Mm. Unless you're like Donkey Kong and Super Smash Bros. You know, because you can grab the other player and you can jump off. That's exactly what Ooh. comes to mind when I think of jumping yeah. off a building. <laughs> Glad we're on the same wavelength here. <laughs> Akiko says that the only thing she didn't expect was Koguro. Uh, she had thrown Conan into the pool to frighten him into leaving. However, he didn't even seem to notice. That's because Conan never told anybody. She then tells my... Yeah, we didn't really get to see, like, uh, Ron and Koguro's reaction to this. Like, you'd think Ron would, like, care about somebody throwing her um, little boy into a fucking pole from high above. But, like, she doesn't even, like, seem to care that it actually happened. And no, he Conan said he her, tripped in, so she's like, oh, yeah, he's clumsy anyways. Moving on. Yeah, but now she knows the truth, and she doesn't even, like, go, like, That's she's worried about Maida. That's true. Uh, she then tells Maida to forget about her, as that's the type of woman she is. However, as she exits via, like, police escort, we see her start to cry. And Maeda cries out to him, and he's like, I'll promise to wait. Damn. What a fool. Damn. Um, so yeah, they both get arrested here, which is funny. And uh, Conan has this line about how they watched watched them go into the cars, and it was silent, as only the howl of the Himekaze could be heard. He always has to be so freaking dramatic. I know. You'd think he was the theater geek and not Colin. <laughs> He is the son of an actress, though. He's got the theater in his blood. After the ending song, we learn why Kamujo drugged Mori. She wanted to look in his pocketbook uh, to learn who who he thought had done it, but nothing was written because Kagero doesn't <laughs> actually like do his detective work. <laughs> she thought he was like a professional, and nope. Um, she wanted the virus so she could make a vaccine for it, as she thought the others had bad reasons for the virus. The old man says that he wanted to punish the creator as it had destroyed a program of his four years ago, which was like a son to him. Conan asks if that's why he was pretending to be blind, and he admits that he thought it would catch people off guard. Ron then asks what his program was, and he's like, oh, I can't remember. And then his uh, assistant goes, it was Operation High School <laughs> Babe Paradise. Oh my God. So there was an actual secret another um, pervert here, which I love. They're all perverts, I guess. I wish I could buy that for VR right now. Operation High School Babe Paradise. Isn't that some Illusionsoft game? (laughs) 99%. Kemma Joe says that she heard that Ron was running around trying to prove Maeda innocent. And uh, that's when Ron says that 
that guy told me not to give up until the end. And Kamajay's like, oh? You called your boyfriend? And that's when Conan starts getting real <laughs> jealous. And she's like, Who, who'd you call, Ron? Who is it? Hey, G. And then she mentions, yeah. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Uh, she mentions that it was the detective nut wandering around somewhere. So we get a, a cute little ending here to a really good case. Uh, before I get your guys' thoughts on it overall, we've got one more next kind of tent. Adhesive. <laughs> That's it. That's the hint. I'm never going to get over Adhesive. the gun. <laughs> <laughs> That's my yeah. favorite too, man. Because it's always like some household item <laughs> or something wacky. And then it was gone. <laughs> For a murder case. Mine's like keychain and thread and like all this oh, list yeah. of things. Dog. Dog. <laughs> One of these episodes is just going to be like Michelle. <laughs> or it's just like the guy. The murderer. <laughs> <laughs> Here, here's who did Next it. Next Conan's hint. It's the woman, you dumbass. Have you not picked up on this show's themes? It's just that black silhouette, but it's a woman shape. Gosho Oyama. Yeah. True G. Uh, yeah, so Kyle, what do you think about the first three-parter? Um, give me your general thoughts. and we'll give I was a little let down. Uh, yeah. yeah, to be honest. Uh, I think coming back to the show, it was very nice because I hadn't seen it in God knows how long. So just watching it was fun. But like, uh, well, about 10 weeks. <laughs> Not that I'm <laughs> Thanks, pal. <laughs> but, like, as a three-parter, I was expecting a lot more. I was expecting it to feel a little bit more cinematic. Not that I was expecting, like, a bigger budget or anything, but just how the case eventually turned out to be something that Conan usually does, where it's, like, you know, involving some personal backstory that we're not really sure of until the whole thing gets wrapped up. And uh, I think we've seen the trope before of the the guy trying to get people off of the trail of his, you know, romantic interest. And so all in all, I just, I, I wasn't very supr- or interested in the whole case when it was done. Cause I, I'm trying to think back. Did you like seeing Ron though? Did you like seeing Ron have to look for <laughs> Shinichi for inspiration and then really being troubled morally about how she knew that was Maeda and then coming to grips with, but I still believe in him to be good, so I should try to find a way where he is the guy dressed up like that, but he didn't commit the murder. Like, it's an interesting moral did you dilemma, find that compelling? but I think like they brush over it so quickly, I feel. like I don't understand why this was a three-parter. I feel like this all could have been, if not a two-parter, you, you could have had one episode with this whole thing. And like, I don't know. I, I think the coolest part was when Conan got pushed off a freaking balcony. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I one of my follow-ups was going to be if you thought the length was uh, justified. Because, I, like I said earlier, I kind of liked how it gave everything some parts to breathe. Um, and we got more character. We got to know each of the... Because there were a lot of people in this episode. There was, For sure. You know, seven people that were, you know, taking part in this tour. And so we got to learn a bit more about each of them if- uh, because we had three episodes. But I do agree that this probably could have been made into a two-parter without any like huge detriment like if this was a if i was watching this week to week i would be very mad after watching this last episode 
You didn't find it. You didn't find the conclusion satisfying. No, I thought this was pr- sort of lame. So you wanted to rank oh. them. So which one ranks yeah. the highest for you? I feel like uh, the second episode was the most interesting. The first episode had Conan getting pushed off that ledge, yeah. so that ranks pretty high. And this third one was at the bottom for me. Oh, interesting. Uh, so I'd put 69 if I had to rank it out of anything. I'd give it a, a nice out of 10. Yeah. Um, that's all I got. I just have the bad joke. So. <laughs> Good one. Colleen, what do you think about this episode? Um... So, I guess I was hoping for a little bit more. I guess more of the Night Baron lore. Uh, I guess I forgot that it was more about viruses and computers and stuff. Although that was kind of a nice throwback to back in the day. Because it was really cute when Conan had to... Or not just Conan, other characters had to keep giving definitions of what like a virus is and what a hacker is. So I, I found that quite amusing. <laughs> um, the formatting, like, it, it's... It was really unique because as someone who's seen a few more uh, three-parters and multi-parters, let's say, uh, they don't tend to have these scenes at the end, like after the um, end of credits song. It usually is like a preview for the next episode. So to have like a pivotal moment at the end was quite interesting. And I don't don't know if you guys noticed, but um, the opening song for episodes, well, this is the episode 69 and 70 um used clips from the first episode they didn't it wasn't like the traditional opening so that was another unique thing that they did with this episode overall the case was like okay i i thought the trick was kind of neat like with all the wind and stuff but uh but it's not like my top episode or anything like that so a quick look it looks like there's 15 three-parters overall in Detective Conan? So far. <laughs> so far. Yeah, so far. Um, a lot of them don't say part three. They're just like, the resolution. So there's at least... There was like 12 that say the resolution as the final episode name, and then three that said part three. So there might be other ones that are like have more unique name. But if I've learned anything from like Tuesday, 6.05 p.m. <laughs> murder case... It's that Conan doesn't get all that unique with the names. Oh, so I feel if you, fairly if you want a unique name, tell us the name of the next episode. Ooh, a Ooh. tease. It's it's here. not unique. Uh, yeah. So we've got two episodes next week. We've got a stalker's murder case. Oh, there damn! <laughs> no kidding. Remember adhesive. Yeah, I'm not seeing. <laughs> and. And then we have the Triplets Country Home Murder Case, where a, a new character will be introduced. Really? Ooh. Yeah. Obviously, I did not look Sailor this Moon. up. <gasps> Tuxedo Mask. Oh. <laughs> That'd be some good shit. So, you, I'm glad we do get to see Sonic here soon, because I was, I was bemoaning that we haven't seen her in a hot minute. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we're going to see Sonic here again. Who might be the best girl more than I think about it. Because, like, when I think about the qualities I want in a woman, <laughs> being filthy rich is high up there. Is Sonica rich? Yeah. Yeah, that's, like, her whole character. Oh, oh yeah, because she's from... She has that uh, She's, house, like, an heiress. Right? Yeah, she's, like, Paris yeah. Although what's not mentioned nice. enough, I find, is that Shinichi's also rich. Like, they keep forgetting that, but he's from a rich family, too. He has a big house, yeah. 
poor Ron over here with a struggling dad. I know. It's great. Yeah, she's not living with her lawyer mom, but with her struggling dad. So. Yeah, what the Although fuck? that's why um Conan can stay there because they pay off they pay off Kogoro to take care oh of him. Oh my gosh, Conan is paying the bills, if you really think about it. Yeah, he is. In a lot of ways. Like This is a fucked up situation. Is it? Yeah. Definitely. Why? Some rich people paying off a poor guy to just take care of this kid. And I gotta say, Kyle, just so I can try to get you to keep coming back to this podcast, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, two weeks from now, we have a Detective Boys case. Oh, here we go. Wait, how many Detective it's Boys the- have I missed? Uh, one. Okay. Two. Oh, shit. Oh, the errand. Right. Don't forget to watch the errand case. The toddler the errand. Oh, my or whatever. God. Yeah. It was the most popular That's a good one? Okay. case ever. I'm ready. Aren't the Detective Boys in the next episode? I'm looking at the wiki now. Uh, maybe. It has the cast of characters and. Where's my pyramid? Uh, son? I don't know. They weren't marked. It wasn't marked as a Detective Boys case. Oh, Apparently right. they appear there. So. We'll so you see. have that to look forward to, Kyle. Yeah, so a lot going on. But uh, I was more positive on this episode than you guys were. <laughs> Debbie Downers. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. I, I do agree that it was probably. There's probably less meat to it than a lot of other um, three parters. And I feel like this. It's kind of in a weird situation because it was probably more um, meaty than a lot of the, like, one episodes here, obviously. But down the line, Conan starts turning almost everything into a two-parter. And so, like, the three-parters actually are a lot bigger. And this felt more like just a two-parter. Yeah. But... But now a two-parter is like a one, a one what used to be That's a one-parter. Right. So it's inflation is so, what you're saying. Yeah, it gets bad later <laughs> on. Because like, if you go to like season 14, almost everything's like a two-parter. Cool. Or three parts. Oh, jeez. Look at these name titles. Like, look at this stuff. Uh, the Suspect is Makoto, part one, part two. <laughs> Kiddo Kid versus Makoto, part one, part two. Metropolitan oh, Love yes. Detective Love Story there's Confession. Like, that one sounds awesome. Metropolitan Police Detective there's Love like Story Truth. There's dozens of those. <laughs> the Case of the Lucky Calico, part one. Then part two. So. Does a cat do we're, it? We're going to get to. Probably. Damn. It's not as cool as John, though. The only animal <laughs> that know that Conan is actually Shinichi. Yeah, he's on the same level oh, as... Uh, actually, no, I'm not going to say that because Kyle doesn't know that yet. <laughs> Whoa, yeah. Ooh. Calm down now. Calm down. Yeah, calm, calm down, down with your spoilers. <laughs> How about you shut your mouth? I'm just a poor baby boy. I don't know anything. Aw, poor baby boy. I'm just on a call. <laughs> oh, it's on a call. my belly. And he's back. My, my, uh, my Tommy <laughs> made my headphones go out. It's on a call. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're back, Kyle. We're me too. Idiots. Me too. <laughs> All right, uh, you can follow Kyle on Twitter at Spirit and Soul. Spell it Soul for S-E-O-U-L, me. S E O U L, like the city. Like that city. Follow the podcast at Case underscore Reopened. You can't follow Colleen unless you want to stalk her in Canada, which we come don't have some poutine with me. <laughs> okay, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know our tagline for the show, stalkers welcome. No, 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 no. <laughs> Don't say that. There's a murder case about it next <laughs> week. Follow so me on, no. You can follow me on Twitter at Tyler Treese, and my DMs are open to ladies. <laughs> Not to anybody else. Only to potential murderers. <laughs> yeah, only to people that want to stalk me. Uh, okay, I see what you did there. But, uh... Wow, I want to star in my own stalker murder case. It'd be exciting, especially if we die. <laughs> that would be the dream. Um. So yeah, that'll do it for this episode. So thank you everybody for listening. We'll see you next week with uh, two fun episodes, maybe. We'll see. Adhesive! Bye. 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 And remember, one truth always prevails.